Welcome to the Front Office Exchange, where we take a look at the careers of executives and rising stars within the sports business. Now, here's your host, Jake Failing. Welcome to episode 26 of the Front Office Exchange podcast, where today we'll hear from Malika Underwood, Vice President of Licensing for the Brandar Group and six-time USA Baseball alum. Now, much like our previous podcast episode with Casey Crawford, this episode features a star athlete, but what makes Malika unique is that she's still an active player. Malika walks through her career on the field and off and discusses the unique work she's doing for Brandar. On the personal side, she and her husband are set to relocate from Atlanta to the Jacksonville, Florida area soon as her responsibilities at Brandar have grown. Now look, as a former USA Baseball employee, I did my best to not talk too much red, white, and blue. Hey, I'm a homer. But Malika said her experience with Team USA has helped make her successful in what has become a progressive career in sports business. She's also got a stop at IMG as well that she talks about. And look, she's also a Tar Heel, so there may or may not be several shameless Carolina plugs in here as well. If you've listened, you've probably suffered through uh, earlier episodes with that as well. So hopefully I haven't lost all of my listeners at this point, especially those uh, in the rival ACC schools. So before that ends up being the case, let's get into this week's episode with the Brandar Group's Malika Underwood. Malika Underwood, welcome to the Front Office Exchange Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Well, okay, so I have known of you for forever. So I'll give the background and the post-production intro here, you know, my tie-ins with USA Baseball. But you're like the Michael Jordan of my old life. I mean, it got to the point where I was tired of writing about you. Um, and it, But, you know, you've played for USA Baseball. You've got the Carolina uh, athletic career background as well. I went to Carolina. Um, So it's neat to be able to interview you and talk to you in this setting as well because you've built this great career um, off the field as well. So I guess let's start there. Uh, Talk a little bit about your vice president of licensing at the Brandar Group. Uh, Most people may not be uh, familiar with what the Brandar Group is. So talk through that. And it sounds like you've got some exciting things you know, I guess personally and professionally with them coming up as well. Yeah. Well, first of all, I should thank you for all the nice things you just said about me and maybe I should hire you as my personal PR. Um, Happy to. But yeah, I'm, <laughs> thanks. Um, yeah, I'm currently working with the Brandar Group. We're, um, you know, a small branding and licensing agency, um, but we're doing really big things. Um, one of our biggest partnerships at the moment is actually with the NFL Players Association, uh, helping them find opportunities to layer on uh, professional rights in the college space through licensing, marketing, and sponsorship. So think uh, Tom Brady in his Michigan jersey as a, as a really good, good example. Uh, but we also, because we're small, um, we're, we're pretty nimble, and we've, got, we've had the opportunity to work on some other projects. Um, and one of the big ones that I think will really start to take off in 2017 is working with the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey as they rebuild the World Trade Center site. Wow. Uh, we're specifically helping them develop a comprehensive digital presence um, as it becomes a really significant destination. I mean, I think they're forecasting 15 million plus visitors, which is on par with the likes of Disney as a destination. And so we're helping them develop this comprehensive digital presence as well as uh, official travel and tourism piece and an e-commerce piece 
e-commerce piece. So it's really been a great project and it's, uh, it's, it's nice to have sort of a diverse portfolio within what we do. It keeps things fresh from a, from a day-to-day perspective. Yeah, I was going to say for you, so for someone who has had success on the field, you're an athlete, um, and then primarily you've worked in sports, are you enjoying the, I guess, the generalist side of the firm? Yeah, I am. And actually, when I was so in 2006, I joined the collegiate licensing company really seconds before it was bought by IMG. Um, but in 2012, I moved over to the IMG licensing side, and I did that because I was really looking to diversify my experience and my knowledge base, and I didn't want to get pegged into a very specific role or skill set. And so since then, my professional experiences have been really wide, and I've been exposed to a lot of different types of brands and businesses. So I like being, I like having um, diverse portfolio and things to do. Um, that that aren't all the same. Um, and I think it, it keeps things, like I said, keeps things fresh, um, keeps it interesting. And, you know, when you get frustrated or you hit a roadblock with one, you can turn and focus on another and come back to it. Uh, and and I, I think that's that 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 that's um, that's just something I look for. I think in, in, in jobs and careers and, and with people and companies that I work for. Okay. And I'm not familiar with play on sports. I don't know if I need to yell at you. Play on sports. Uh, I see the exclamation point. So was that a, uh, you were recruited there from IMG? Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So I, I made a brief stop there um, and I did some marketing for them uh, around their high school digital network, which is called the NFHS network. Uh, and it, it, it's basically a digital network that streams um, high school sports, though it really started um, outside of the sports world, but that's that's where they've kind of found their niche. Um, and um, it was an interesting experience, but it was really just a way for me to get out of IMG and start to look around at some other things. Um, I had a I had a great time there. There's some great people there, but ultimately uh, it led to me having the opportunity to join the Brandar Group, which was. Uh, a really good move for me. Now, did you uh, find them or did they find you or how did that work? Play on or Brandar? Uh, Brandar. Uh, I actually worked for Wesley Haynes at IMG ah. and he's the, he's the guy who started the company. So, right. so he found me, um, he tracked me down and said, Hey, look, I'm starting this company. This was at the end of 2014. Um, the very end of 2014. So he tracked me down and said, look, I'm starting this company. Um, at the time, he had just signed on the NFL Players Association. So he said, look, you've got experience in the college space, and this is what the NFLPA has hired us to do, and I'd like to bring you on. And so I, I jumped at the opportunity. I, having worked for Wesley before, knew that he was a great guy. He he really takes care of his team. Um, so there was no question that um, that I wanted to work for him, and specifically the role he was asking me to play felt like it was a good fit for, for my experience base. And, and what is that fit? What is that experience? What do you bring to the Brandar group? And, and then you mentioned before we started recording, the Brandar group is then bringing you in turn to Florida, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I, you know, the reason I joined Brandar group was because of my experience in the college licensing space specifically. And the, the, benefit that would bring to our relationship with the NFL Players Association. So that's a big focus of what I do. But like we discussed a little bit earlier, there are also other opportunities um, and, and, and clients that we're working with. Um, and because we're growing, I am going to move down to Florida, uh, likely 
early part of this year, um, it'll get me closer to the action, really, because, you know, in a small company, things happen not even day to day. It's, you know, hour to hour. Um, and it's a real roller coaster ride. You know, our highs are real high and our lows are real low. Right. Uh, but but getting closer to the action as we grow is really important for me. And as things take shape, as the NFLPA project gains momentum, and as other projects like the World Trade Center um, start to take shape, I really just want to be in the mix, and I want to be able to be a part of where we're going as a company. I mean, we're a relatively young company, two plus years. Um, so so I just want to be in, engaged in all of that. So I think you need to go work for the Chamber of Commerce of Ponte Vedra. I mean, you, you coined, you said, I want to go where the action is. And that might be the first time that's ever been uttered in, about Ponte Vedra. No, I'm kidding. I, I love, I love Ponte Vedra. It's gorgeous and it's sneaky. You know, they got all the, the golf and, uh, there's a lot going on and obviously close to Jacksonville as well. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, Jacksonville, if you look at Ponte Vedra, sort of a suburb of Jacksonville, Jacksonville is really growing. I've, I've read a couple of articles just recently of even banking um, companies relocating some of their headquarters to Jacksonville. So, you know, they, they've got the NFL team, they've got minor league baseball, um, you know, they've got the beach. So it's surprising, but it is, there's some action down there. <laughs> oh, there hey, there's action. Don't worry. Uh, will you be sad to leave Atlanta? You know, did that, did the IMG role bring you there after uh, Chapel Hill? It did. Yeah. I, um, I moved down here in 2006 and, and started working for the collegiate licensing company shortly thereafter. Um, so yeah, I, to answer your question, I, I will miss Atlanta. Um, it's grown on me. Uh, I, I can't say that when I moved down here, I thought it was the place that I was going to end up and be forever. And that that's obviously holding true since we're getting ready to move, but, um, it's, it's got a great food scene. It's got a great music scene. Um, my husband and I, we live in town, um, so we're very close to, to, to everything. Um, and, you know, we have our network and our friends and things like that. There's always, there's always um, a little bit of anxiety when you move somewhere new, but we'll, we'll figure it out. And again, I, I grew up in San Diego, so getting closer to the beach, um, you don't have to twist my arm too much to convince me to do that. <laughs> right. So let's, let's get back to those roots a little bit. So you grew up in San Diego. What brought you to Carolina? Was it the opportunity to play volleyball? It was, it was. So I grew up in San Diego. And as you mentioned earlier, I, I, I played baseball and I've played baseball since I grew up. I played through little league. I actually played on my high school boys baseball team. I played two years of JV and two years of varsity started at second base my senior year, but I also played volleyball and basketball in high school. And though playing those sports that actually gave me the opportunity not to have to switch to softball, which happens a lot with really talented uh, women's baseball players because there's so much opportunity in college around softball, they end up making the switch. But um, I was fortunate enough to excel in basketball and volleyball, and I was offered a full scholarship to North Carolina, and I jumped at it because it fit uh, the bill. Not only was I a Michael Jordan fan, but um, it was a big public institution, and it was far away from home. Right. Um, so I, I, I jumped at it. I had a wonderful experience playing volleyball there. We had a very successful team. Um, and I also stayed through grad school there. Uh, I really enjoyed Chapel Hill and the, the sports admin um, grad program. Uh, I was accepted into that, and that, that was a uh, great opportunity to sort of point myself in the direction I wanted to go. 
um, because I studied international politics in undergrad and I didn't really see myself getting, I did it because I was interested in it, but I didn't see myself getting into that field. Um, And so grad school and then after I finished grad school, I uh, worked at the university in fundraising, like I said earlier. Um, That was my experience in Chapel Hill and I'd, I'd probably move back in a heartbeat, but um, you know, job and family and stuff has taken me in other directions at this point. No, sure. And you, okay, you teed up baseball. So we're going to go there. Um, again, just to give a little history. So I was, uh, had a public relations and media and, uh, did some marketing for USA baseball, got to know you r- more so on paper. Uh, and then also during that push to try to get baseball back in the Olympics and the role that women's baseball and softball were all playing, uh, in that effort. So, Walk through your career if you can, and remember, this is a we're, we're trying to fit into a certain time here, Malika. You've got like forty-five <laughs> appearances with USA Baseball, um, but just your experience, what that has done for you personally, professionally, how it's maybe helped you build the the career again off the field that you have as well. Yeah, so so I'll pick up after college. Um, I missed baseball. I mean, I, volleyball provided a huge opportunity for me, um, to get an education, to get two degrees. Um, and it really set me up for, for a lot of success, but baseball has always been a part of my life. And so in 2006, I was, I was just Googling anything baseball. I was looking for a men's team, a women's team. I didn't care something to play on. Um, and this was before I moved down to Atlanta. So I was still in Chapel Hill and I stumbled on an announcement that USA Baseball was having tryouts for their women's national team in preparation for an upcoming World Cup. And first of all, I was stunned because I didn't know there was a women's national team. Actually, USA Baseball started the team in 2004, and I didn't know there was a women's World Cup. So I was like, why not? I'll give it a shot. Um, I haven't played in a while, but you know, I'll go out and take some swings in the cage and get somebody to hit me ground balls. And I did that. And I uh, flew down to Florida for one of the regional tryouts um, and made the cut there. And then was flown to Arizona to, to the final tryout uh, and made the team. And I, I really haven't looked back since. It's been a great experience. Um, women's baseball has a World Cup every two years. So uh, I played in six World Cups, I think. And then in 2015, uh, women's baseball was added to the Pan American Games, which is the first time that women's baseball was included in a multi-sport international uh, event. And it was an amazing experience. Um, the World Cups are great, but it's just women's baseball. So you're just seeing other women's baseball teams. Um, the Pan Am Games was like the Olympics. You have uh, an athlete sure. village, you have other events going on. So getting exposed to that was was one of the highlights of of my career with USA baseball and, and the fact that we won the gold medal at the Pan Am games against Canada in Canada was also nice. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, you got it in Toronto. You got a, a big city. Um, and then I, again, I could speak for personal experience. I know about that rivalry with uh, Canada. Obviously there's the one with Japan, but the one with Canada yeah. is also huge. <laughs> very, very intense rivalry. You know, Japan is number one in the world. So, you always, you, we always want to beat them, but, but ultimately, you know, there, there's a pretty heated rivalry between, between us and Canada, but my experience on the baseball field and, and through, through my entire life, I think has, I mean, not to sound too cheesy, but it really has influenced the way that I approach my career. Um, in, in terms of, 
looking at things, challenges specifically, and breaking them down and figuring out how to accomplish them and not being too intimidated by stuff and having played with guys. Um, most of my, you know, the last, since 2006, I played with, with women, but before that I played baseball with guys. Um, so, so learning how to deal with that type of adversity, a little added pressure, those types of things definitely influence the way um, that, that I approach things in my career and have, I, I'd be lying if I didn't say that it didn't help me um, get to where I am now. Uh, on a on a professional level, and and what about the political side? You know, trying to get baseball back in. You know, making sure that uh, women's baseball uh, is recognized as well in that in that spectrum. Um, you know, I know the IBAF leaned on you. I know USA Baseball leaned on you. Did you get involved in that at all? Um, not specifically, but in a broader sense, um, they certainly tap in. Um, in, in terms of um, trying to help increase exposure uh, for the game and for the fact that women play baseball. You know, it's, it's funny because it, it seems like we're, it's always two steps forward and one or maybe even two steps back sometimes. Like in 2015, we got a ton of exposure around the Pan Am games and it felt really good. It felt like, hey, people are starting to pay attention to this. But then in, in, in the 2016 World Cup, it was like we didn't exist again. Uh, and it was a surprise. And it seems like every year it's sort of a surprise. Oh, women play baseball. And you think, I, I call it like the Monet Davis effect. People were so surprised huh. by the fact that this girl, Monet Davis, was in the Little League World Series a few summers ago. And it was news and she was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. And I'm like, God, but if you really, if you look back, there's a history of, of, I don't know the number, but let's say 20, 30, 40 girls who have played in the Little League World Series before. Right, right. <laughs> but, but, but nobody says that. And then on top of that, as we're covering Monet, no one says, hey, uh, whether it's to Monet, Monet Davis directly or publicly while they're broadcasting her games, hey, you, do you guys know there's a USA Baseball Women's National Team and there's opportunities for girls to continue to play beyond what Monet Davis is doing in the Little League World Series? So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a constant struggle. And I think some of that has to do with, uh, and not, not to get too high on my soapbox, but some of that has to do with just sort of these deep uh, social challenges because for a long time, baseball has been viewed as a boys game, you know, despite the fact that women have been playing the game. And despite the fact that generally uh, women aren't looking to necessarily break barriers and play with boys, uh, but, but just to have an opportunity to play themselves what what's the you know it's the only sport where the equivalent sport in high school and college is a totally different sport baseball and softball versus soccer and soccer or basketball and basketball um, those things are the same sport in essence and, it, and if you're a basketball player a women's basketball player no one's asking you are you going to be the first woman in the NBA they're saying hey you're going to have a great career in the WNBA right um, so so you know we're, we we've got a a long way to go. Uh, but USA baseball has done a great job of providing opportunities. <laughs> right. Um, but you look at, you look at like Japan, they've got a professional league for girl for women. Um, you know, it's a handful of teams, but some of the other countries are doing, uh, are ahead of us a bit in terms of the opportunities for women, but I'll get off my soapbox. A bit. No, I was gonna say, welcome, <laughs> welcome to my old point. job. That was my old job. Like, <laughs> I mean, but, trust me, we're trying to explain to people, like you do realize that I've been, 
emailing and calling you about this for the last like 10 years. So, um, (laughs) no, well hang in there. And and again, congrats on all your success that that 2015 run you had was amazing. Uh, and it was fun for me to watch, uh, after leaving the company or the uh, group back in 2012. So now you you talk about the on field and the close knit ties to teams yet here you are in your professional career on the agency side. So did you ever think, Hey, I want to go work directly for a professional sports team. Or did you know in your head, like, Hey, I want to leverage what I've learned on the field and working closely with teams. And I feel like that can be, uh, put uh, to use more effectively for an agency. Uh, I wish I had that much control. Um, I think I think it was just based off of opportunity, at least to start. And and you know sometimes your career gains momentum in a certain direction. Um, and and that's I think what happened to me. You know when I when I got out of grad school, I, I had this idea that one day and who knows maybe it could still happen. But but one day I was going to be an athletic director. Hmm. But then these opportunities to do other things and to look at the sports world from, from a different angle came about. And I jumped at them because they were good opportunities. Um, could I see myself uh, working for a team? Absolutely. Um, I, I mean, I don't have, obviously I'm moving down to Florida, so I'm invested in where the brand art group is sure. going, but also know that um, there's still a lot of uh, um, to be written in terms of, of what, what I do. So um yeah, well, you know, I, I just think that sometimes you've got you've to gotta take the opportunities or at least consider the opportunities as they're placed in front of you. If I could choose every job, um, that would be amazing, <laughs> but it's just not the reality. Right. And, and Wesley's listening, so careful. No, I'm kidding. Uh, so, and obviously he recruited you to the Brandar group. Um, but, you know, to go back to the, your baseball career, how has that woven into your professional career? You know, is that something that, you know, you found that uh, employers have looked at and say, you know what, we, we love your leadership. We love what you're doing on the field. I mean, that's just, that's an interview topic, let's say, that is pretty unique. Yeah, and I and I've been fortunate that the companies I've worked for has been really supportive. I always say, but I've never had to actually put this in practice that if I worked for a company that wasn't supportive and didn't let me take the time off I needed to play baseball, then I was working for the wrong company. Hmm. Um, and I, I do truly believe that because ba- this baseball specifically, but but uh, but but just the USA baseball experience itself as it relates to work is a part of who I am. So if, if I can't be that, then I'm just working at the wrong place. And, and that, that kind of goes into work-life balance. I'm, I'm 100% committed to work. Obviously, family is important and baseball is important. And I'd like to say that, like, you know, they're all balanced equally. But really, it becomes sort of a priority list. And at different times, you know, different things kind of bubble up to the top in terms of priority. Um, but I do my best, you know, when it's time to train for baseball, I'm up in the morning working out, go to work all day, come back, do some baseball training. Um, and at the end of the day, my husband and my, my dog, um, you know, get whatever time's left, <laughs> but they're, right. you know, my, my husband's super supportive about it and, and knows it, you know, from a, from a playing standpoint, at least, um, their career is only so long. Luckily I've been able to drag it out quite a bit <laughs> by moving to first base. So I'd, I'd have a, a little bit longer career than, than maybe I would have I'd stayed in the middle infield. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just, a, it's a, 
it's a task. You got to constantly focus on balancing things and being in the right place. And I, like I said at the very beginning, fortunate to work for good people and people who, who um, support what I do and what my interests are. No, I think that's an important takeaway. Um, you've mentioned athletic director at one point was an aspiration, um, and you've got this uh, progressive career there at the Brandar Group. Is licensing your passion, uh, or what? You know, let's say ten years down the line, because like you said, you're relocating. I mean, this is your immediate focus. But ten years down the line, what are your goals professionally? That's a really good question. Um, I-, I would say licensing is um, that I am passionate about what I do. Um, I don't know if I'd peg it specifically onto licensing, maybe more broadly, um, the the idea of branding. And because it's, I like, I like, there's different elements. Licensing, when you say licensing, people think about, you know, more traditional stuff, t-shirts, fleece, fleece, headwear, things like that. Um, I, I, I really do like branding. And I do think that that can, be woven into a lot of um, future possibilities in terms of career. Um, you know, in 10 years, I, I hope that things are still going great with the Brandar Group and we're, you know, we're, we're moving up in the world and we've got big clients and, and we're doing big things. Um, at, at some point, you know, it may not be, I may not be with the Brandar Group, um, working for a team or working, getting back to a college campus there is an appeal to that. I do like that atmosphere. I do miss the team atmosphere sometimes. I mean, we've got our own you know, small team with the Brando group, but I, I, I do miss that, um, that, that team element that comes along with working on a college campus or uh, with a professional team. Got it. What lessons have you learned on the field professionally that you think have helped you and, and maybe who are some of those mentors, uh, again, both on and off the field? Yeah, so, you know, I think in terms of lessons learned, I think that at different points in your life, you know, different lessons stand out. And um, I actually recently had an opportunity to go to um, a think tank with, uh, it was was actually put on by the Pirates, the Major League Baseball, the the Pittsburgh Pirates. And um, there were a lot of thought-provoking folks there. And for whatever reason, there was lots of stuff said, and, and I have pages and pages of notes but the thing that really stuck out stood out for me um was that someone said to remember why you fell in love with it the first time um and I thought man that's such a good reminder not to get bogged down or caught up too much when you know things become a grind because even if you're doing something you love like it can become a grind you get up every day and you just go to work and and you forget why you fell in love with it the first time so for me that's that's been sort of my mantra the last few weeks, just focusing in on that. And, and I think it applies to everything, not just, you know, work, but also personal and, and uh, for me, you know, sports, sports life. Um, and, and in terms of people that inspire me, um, there's a lot of people on the list. And I'm going to say that the people that inspire me the most are actually my USA baseball teammates, because mm. I know what they go through on a day-to-day basis in order to stay in shape to play at the highest level. And they all have jobs just like I do. You know, some of them own CrossFit gyms and some of them are firefighters and some of them work in corporate America. So, you know, and, and they're all doing the same thing I'm doing and sacrificing. And so ultimately I look at them as 
as inspirations, as role models. And um, I know that might sound a bit canned, but it's, 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 it's totally true. No, not at all. And again, I've got a, a unique perspective or I guess the background and all that. I mean, there's uh, Holmes and a couple yep. others that have been with you throughout the entire journey. I don't know if you want to name anybody in particular, but I mean, you guys have helped build that program, that part of USA Baseball. Yeah, I mean, you bring up a great one, Holmes. So she's a firefighter in Oakland. She uh, owns a CrossFit gym, and she's played on the USA Baseball Women's National Team as long as I have. She hits but bombs. Even before that. Bombs. Yeah, and she hits bombs. <laughs> she yeah, hits she bombs. She is the Babe Ruth <laughs> <laughs> of women's baseball, yeah. for sure. Um, and, and she, even before that, though, she played on the Silver Bullets. And this goes back to my point about uh, you know, women's baseball, people being surprised that women play baseball. I mean, there's a long history. You go back to the 90s and the Silver Bullets, Phil Necro coached this team of women who went around and barnstormed and played against guys' team. Um, there's actually a funny story. I was, um, so, so I played with um, uh, Bridget, who played on the, the, the Silver Bullets. And when I was in high school, I went and saw the Silver Bullets play and I got a signed baseball from them. And in 2008, I was going through this box of what I thought was junk, and I pull out this baseball, and I'm like, man, that looks like Bridget's signature. And so I sent her an email in 2008. I was like, you're not going to believe this, but you signed a baseball for me when I was an aspiring young girls baseball player, and now here I am on the same team as you. So wow. it, it just goes back to that history and, 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 and whatnot. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, we've got some really impressive – folks on the team, women who do amazing things off the field and on the field as well. So you strike me as someone who, who likes to, to always learn and all that, you just kind of soak up information, all these different perspectives you got. And then on top of that, you got all these long international flights for baseball. So on <laughs> these flights, what do you do? Are you reading? Are you a podcast person? Are you on Twitter all the time? Where can people find you? So uh, I'm a reader and podcast listener, just depending on, uh, you know, time and what's going on and interests and whatnot. And then Atlanta traffic. Um, so, I mean, you got plenty of time in the car. <laughs> that's true. Let's, right. I'm lucky. Uh, my office is just a couple of miles from, oh from my, my gosh, house, you so are lucky. I don't have to sit in traffic. While my husband goes from in town to Alpharetta. He spends probably two hours in the car every day. So uh, I hear it from him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um, but so, so books, podcasts, you know, I'm, I'm sort of a passive social media user. Um, you know, I, 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 I check it, I look at it, but I don't do a lot of posting myself. Um, uh, if people want to reach me, the best, the best is probably, probably email. Okay. Got it. Well, uh, I mean, again, selfishly, I was really looking forward to this episode <laughs> again, having gotten to know you a little bit. Um, and then, you know, Michael Beal, Brand us, we talked about past guests. So yep. I was really excited to have you on. Um, and I think after you listen to this, the, the introduction, the recording, you'll, uh, appreciate it as well. Again, just the, the ties and just my fond memories to USA baseball. And I, I wish you all the best. Sounds like you got a lot of exciting things happening personally and professionally. Pana Vidra, where the action is. You bet. They better. Yeah, yeah. They better watch well, out for you. We're looking at moving to uh, Atlantic Beach area, so not technically Ponte Vedra Beach. <laughs> oh, if that helps. No, all. well, the Atlantic <laughs> is super slow. I mean, that, just down the coast. I mean, it's just. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but no, I, I'm. Uh, I'm very excited for you, and I appreciate you coming on the podcast.
Yeah, no, thanks for having me. It's been a blast. And uh, hopefully your listeners got a taste of um, uh, USA Baseball Women's National Team and they'll they'll look into it a bit more and follow us um, in the upcoming World Cup, which is not until 2018 and, and still yet to be determined where it will be. But, but hopefully, hopefully your listeners uh, become fans. And, and also, um, I hope that uh, they get a little bit out of my experience um, on the professional and personal side as well. Yeah, very unique perspective. Thanks a lot, Malika. All right, take care. Thanks for listening to the Front Office Exchange, where you hear about the careers of some of the leading executives in sports business. Visit us at frontofficeexchange.com, on Facebook, at Front Office Exchange, and on Twitter, at Front Office EXCH, to access past episodes, show notes, and much, much more. 